We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How is that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? Welcome back to the Underage Packers Podcast, episode 90. We get in fancy in here, episode 90. We're so close to that triple digits, which we will hit uh, probably sometime around when we are doing a final game preview of the season when the Packers get ready to head to SoFi Stadium in February. But we'll get there when we get there. Today, we have the team that plays at SoFi Stadium on hand, the Los Angeles Rams, me and Big B. We got some stats. We got some nerdy research to do to give you a great preview of week 12 against L.A. I'm Joey. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Underage Packers. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. All of that good stuff. Big B, how are you feeling today? Thanksgiving week. I feel pretty well. Getting ready to um, uh, watch a terrible Lions and Bears game. Yep. Tomorrow, but going to fight through it and then eat some food. So exactly. Yeah. You know, outside of uh, Lions, um, Bears, so uh, who, who are the Cowboys playing again? The um, Raiders. Raiders. Okay. That might not be bad. And then Rams or um, Saints Bills. So that's, that's, that's not too bad of a lineup there, uh, yeah. especially because it does kind of suck, though, that um, Bears Lions is the 12 o'clock game because that's mm-hmm. usually the time, like the two hours before dinner is ready and you just like that's the time where you have to talk to people and you're like there's really not much going on with Detroit or Chicago yeah. so yeah you know uh also before we get into what we have on tap today I uh, you know I saw Zach Cruz he tweeted out there that he wants Lions Packers he wants another Packers Thanksgiving game next year and the Packers haven't had a Thanksgiving game in quite a while the last time might have been the embarrassment against Chicago on a nighttime but Big B what are your overall thoughts let's hear your thoughts on Packers Thanksgiving games well um not a big fan I don't like Packer games during holidays because that pretty much ruins my holiday because I want to be home alone in my room watching Packer games no matter what game it is so it just ruins the entire day and I just hate Packer holiday games yeah, especially, well, you know, Thanksgiving, I'm, you know, it's been a while. So, like I said, it's been a long time, and I'm not too sure how I, I'd flow with that. Christmas, though, I do remember one time we played the Vikings Bears on Christmas quite a while back as well. So, I'm, I'm excited for the Christmas Day game. 325, by that time you're bored, you're looking for something to do. So, that, that should be a fun game against Cleveland, man. I'm excited for that at Lambeau oh, yeah. Field. That that will be a, a match for the ages. Okay, now let's get to talking about the LA game and also the game that went down this past Sunday in Minnesota, US Bank Stadium, as the Vikings beat the Packers 34 to 31, a heartbreaker. And a lot of Vikings fans, they were getting really angsty. They were really throwing some jaw punches in there uh, because. All week, you know, Packers fans, 
deservedly talk their trash. You know, they deserve to talk good about the team that was eight and two uh, and that was persevering through so many injuries. So, but you know, when they lose and put out a bad showing in the first half, Vikings fans, they have, uh, they have their right then to talk trash for a week before they get smacked in this last stretch run and all they go home crying again because they thought they had playoff hopes. Those poor little kids in Minnesota, they get lied to every single year. Um, or once they make the playoffs, they just, you know, sometimes make a run into the NFC or yeah, the NFC championship game and they're, and then their trader of a quarterback throws an interception at the last minute. Uh, or, you know, they get beat by a backup quarterback. Bulls. Bulls. All right. I hate the Vikings. All right. Uh, <laughs> but I see. I see. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so wasn't the best of showing for the Packers in the first half, but in the second half and really kind of right when there's a moment that you can identify in a lot of games, especially with Matt Fleur's tendency, there's a moment where you can say this could be a backbreaking moment. This is their backs are pinned against the wall right now. They either got to do something here or the rest of this game is going to continue to go downhill. And that moment for me was kind of right in the middle of the second quarter. Uh, you know, two bad drives. I think they go three and out again. And they're down, what is it, 17-3, something like that. I don't know. They're down by two possessions. I think it's 16, I think. Yeah, something like 16, that. Anyways. 10 or something, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. That back-breaking moment, the um, – they uh, go out there and they score a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers turns on the gas and uh, we're looking good in the neighborhood. But then third or fourth quarter, uh, once again, Aaron Rodgers is playing great and then um, has a great touchdown to MBS on a one play. And it is in the back of your mind after that play. It's in the back of your mind, but you're not, you're like, who cares about it? Because they just scored a touchdown. 10 seconds ago, we thought this game might be over. If they don't do something here and they got to have a long drive. And now they just scored a touchdown. But it is in the back of your mind. Okay, did they score too early? And uh, then Kirk Cousins throws an interception to Darnell Savage. Uh, the ref said it was incomplete. They said there was somehow conclusive evidence to turn it over from their original call, which was baloney. Um, and now we're sitting here recapping a Packers loss. Digby, what are your uh, some of your thoughts on this game? Well, since you're talking about the uh, Darnell Savage interception, I'll, I might as well start there. Um, yeah, pretty much the same thing as the Kevin King interception for Seattle. It was yeah hit, that one hit the ground too, and they said it was an interception. So, but that was Minnesota's home refs that got paid off. So. That's besides the point. But otherwise, great second half from the Packers. Hopefully, this will make the offense turn on the gas for the rest of the year on offense. They yeah. just haven't been great for the last couple of weeks. Hopefully, this is a stepping stone into scoring a lot more points in December when we need it the most. Yep. Devontae, yeah. Adams, Devontae Adams is still the best receiver in the league. I don't care how many touchdowns and yards Justin Jefferson um had against eric stokes who just falls down on a touchdown but you know Devontae yeah. adams best receiver all right right 
Yeah. Thank you. Good thoughts there. The <laughs> offensive, um, and trying to finally get into the groove, like you mentioned, and hopefully continuing that down the stretch. Yes, completely agree. And that's what I've really been searching for. And that's why it completely sucks that we lost this game more than usual because the offense really did something like played better than they've had, they had all season. But when you don't play good for a majority of the first half, you're going to lose most of those games. Um, And then you have some mistakes by the defense as well. And, uh, but yeah, the offense finding their identity, trying to establish one at least because they're obviously a shadow of their 2020 selves. Um, completely different type thing going on with the offense this year. So I really hope they can eventually establish their identity. It doesn't have to be throwing it all over the yard like it was in this game against Minnesota, but hopefully soon enough uh, they can find themselves. And that's kind of hard to do when you have players interchanging every single week because of mass amount of injuries. Yes. Uh, and and that was also the first time we scored 30 points since 49ers game. So that's been Jesus. a very, very long time. Oh, my God. We're yeah. still – that's crazy. Mm-hmm. We're still hovering around, though, like that, that 24 range, just like only seven more points than 24 this week. So we'll, we'll return to that 24 point eventually. Oh, yeah. Switch back over to the defense. Uh, you and I both touched on it a little bit. Eric Stokes and Kevin Key not having the best of games. And uh, but, so Eric Stokes, he makes his mental errors really disappointing. Uh, I think he was, they were both bound to eventually have a bad game in the streak they've been on. And um, going up against two great wide receivers, you know, was certainly going to be a challenge. I'm not sure why Rasul Douglas wasn't over Kevin Keene on Adam Thielen early on in the game after Thielen's touchdown though, where Kevin tried to give him a classic Kevin Keene shoulder tackle. Then they, they, they told Kevin to get out of there, but yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Kevin Keene. Oh, boy. And somebody said to me, a wise man said to me, uh, you know, I, I think you care way too much about what happens on Twitter. I didn't take it as an insult, but I was like, and I kind of thought maybe that's a good point. And I know that's a good point. I know it's true. And <laughs> I certainly envy our friend Oz Osborne all the way out in Colorado. And I make fun of him because he, he I'll mention him on something on Twitter uh, or he'll just reply to one of my tweets from like three days ago, or he doesn't see the tweet I mentioned him in until like next week. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I envy his ability to not be addicted to Twitter and care so much about what other people say. But how this relates to Kevin Keene is that once Kevin allowed that touchdown and made a few other errors in that game, people were so excited. Packers fans were so excited that one of their players were playing bad. And I am not even joking with you. And it is so hilarious because of how many times I kind of say like they root they it matters so much to them to be right that they don't even care if it's negatively affecting their team if you would people are going to be cheering when Jordan Love goes out there his first year starting if he does pad people are going to be absolutely over the moon 
that they were right and they get to say that Brian Gutekunst should be fired. That is, I don't get that. I don't get that life. And I'm not saying you have to agree with everything they do. Um, you know, you don't have to agree with the Packers re-signing Kevin Keene. I completely get that. I completely get if you thought there was better options out there. Uh, you know, but now he's a part of the Packers. They re-signed him. He's out there on the field for you. You can get frustrated with him. But the fact when he plays bad for a game and you're like, yes, I get to tell these people they were wrong. And there were people saying, oh, well, I bet you guys won't be uh, too high on Kevin Keene anymore. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he had a bad game. But he still, that doesn't change how high we were talking about him. The reason we were talking about high, highly about him, it was because of other games that he played good in before that. Like you're, that's pretty much saying if the sky turned green tomorrow and people were like, I bet you sky or blue people will be quiet now. Like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That's my wow. rant on the drinking haters. Wow. 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 That, that was an adventure. It, it was. There, it, yeah. it went all the way from, Oz Osborne to um, the, the sky being green. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty anyways, great. to wrap it up, there's just such an infatuation from some fans for Kevin Keene to not be good. That's that. <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we'll I've, we talk about Kevin Keene a lot for many different reasons. Okay. You know, somebody else who played bad, though, and that is uh, Mason Crosby. Maybe I shouldn't say he played bad, but. It is going to uh, a, a high level of concern at this point. And I think the Packers are kind of stuck at, at the point we are in during the season now, during at week 12. They're kind of stuck with their picker. And I'm not, uh, I don't even know what to say because. <laughs> There's been a lot in flux for special teams over the past two years, whether it be returner, punter, um, different gunners, whatever. That doesn't matter to Mason Crosby's kicking process. The gunners don't, but the switching of long snappers from Hunter Bradley to now Stephen Wordle and our friend Gara Carragher posted a video from the All-22 of a snap that Wordle had on a punt and it was one of the worst snaps I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, Corey has to go out of his way, make an athletic, like, bend down for the ball, take two seconds, and then get it off, and he does great on the punt. Um, and the, the two missed kicks against the Chiefs were almost complete. The, well, the first one was the fault of Bohorquez, the second of Wordle. Wordle also had a bad snap in that game. Uh, on a punt as well. But then Mason Crosby, there's also some in there, like half you can blame on the execution of Wordle and Bohorquez, but the other half, you're like, everything seems right there. The 35-yarder in Minnesota that Mason missed early on, everything seems right there. So Mason Crosby, I should have looked up his age, but he signed a three-year extension. Uh, was it this past offseason? It was, it was a couple off-seasons ago. Okay, maybe only two. Let me let me check on this. So, okay, he is. I 
don't tell me the year number. Tell me his age. 1984. That seems like a long time ago. I'm sorry to anybody. I just finished with that statement. Uh, he's 37. Uh, so for a kicker, that's pretty high up there. Same uh, age as Mason Crosby now. So or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but yeah, I can't remember exactly when he signed his contract. He signed a three-year deal. He has next year on it at the very least. Um, and it, like I said, they're pretty much stuck. You can't find many kickers on the street that you're going to be able to rely on. You can't hold kicking tryouts during the middle of the season. Uh, not that he, they don't have time for that. Like they couldn't hold decision, whatever. They couldn't bring in a few guys. But the only way you're really going to be able to tell how good a guy is is throwing them out there. And the Packers don't have time to go through the going, growing pains of the new kicker right now. It's much better option to stick with Mason Crosby, even though he's having issues. Um, and Matt Fleur completely ruled out bringing in another kicker tryout. They do have uh, J.J. Molson, who they've had on the practice squad for about a year now. Who knows what they think about him? I think Mason Crosby is going to stick around for the end of this year, at least, and then we'll see if he can turn things around on the right track. Maybe he feels better, uh, but this could be – we could see him retire after this year. Bigby, what, what are your thoughts on Mason Crosby? Well, I my opinion is you, I don't think we should be saying Mason Crosby is terrible. We should cut Mason Crosby right now. I think some of it is definitely on Mason, but I feel like a lot of it is – um, releasing Hunter Bradley and changing long snappers in literally the middle of the season. I yeah. don't know how much chemistry they have. I don't know how much time and practice they've had to um, figure all this stuff out, but I just don't know if that was the best move so far. I'm making, uh, trying to make a playoff push and go to the Super Bowl, but also Mason has to get, get all that out of his mind and just focus on every kick have a short-term memory and it's on all all three of them and I would say the um the sentence of the year for our special teams is just a bit outside sorry that was bad (laughs) wow wow I thought long and hard about that that's a good one that's good it's good yeah (laughs) <laughs> anyway, everybody uh, every, everybody just clicked off so yeah yeah, yeah. We're not we talking just, to nobody i'm gonna look back at the youtube analytics and it's gonna show like the watch time viewer retention and it's gonna like gonna be up here then after that first joke oh, sharp yeah. decrease mm. yeah that's all the special teams talk i can handle for a day uh, now let's let's see here. We we've got some injuries to talk about. No injuries news here, but Big B, let me ask you: What do you think? What is the one injury overall these past five weeks, or just this past week against Minnesota? What is the one injury uh, that you think is affecting the team the most at this moment? Um, Malik Taylor being hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I almost just spit my water out. <laughs> I was hoping you would. Is that, is that your answer? Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, okay. Um, I will go with Elton Jenkins already. Yeah, I'm already making that statement. 
that's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, and it's especially in combination with David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers out. But Packers losing Elton is not only losing their left tackle, but it's losing their center, their guard. You know, so that's not good. Yeah, Miss Elton. The game, the injury that affected uh, the team the most in this game though was Rashawn Gary. You know, for the pass rush and uh, the secondary. As, as well was affected by the lack of pass rush from Rashawn not being there. Preston Smith had a great game, though, but still Rashawn being out really hurt the team this week. Yeah, you don't know how much you need him until he's gone. Right, for yeah. sure. Uh, also, uh, David Bakhtiari had some knee surgery, even though Matt Fleur said there was no setback as to why David practiced one day, one week after being activated from PUP and then was done after that. Still does look like uh, we're still pushing that train along. Still moving along for the post. We'll hope that it will turn later this season. Uh, and then one positive thing I want to talk about injuries. Take as much positive as you can from the the mass amount of injuries Packers are facing right now. Is that it's kind of given some pro, uh, depth guys some valuable reps here. And I'm not saying this for the development of those players, draft and develop, you know, whatever. I'm just saying it for because they're probably going to have to get some extensive playing time uh, later down the line and then the playoffs. So if this offense has to go out there with Equinemia St. Brown, Josiah DeGuara, Patrick Taylor as their offensive weapons, and all right, let's get those guys going right now, get them experienced so we're not throwing out there in the divisional round of the playoffs. So that is what it is. And uh, all those three guys, Patrick Taylor didn't give many opportunities, but Josiah DeGuara and EQ did both play some pretty good games against uh, Minnesota. Shoot, a- even A.J. Dillon get, didn't even get a lot of opportunities because yeah. Matt LaFleur won't run the damn ball. Like, I don't get yes. why he doesn't run the football. It just blows my mind why he just doesn't run the goddamn ball. I just – I already had a rant about this. So Yes, you uh, did. Yes. Up. I am yet to edit that video, so I have to experience that once again. Oh, good. (laughs) All right, so that's all the injuries we want to talk about today. Now let's talk about the NFC as the Packers are the number two seed currently in the playoff race. I'm so excited for playoff race time. We are just getting started on playoff race talk here. After Thanksgiving, it really speeds up and uh, things really start to shake out. But it really does go down to the wire, though, though, because Packers, they didn't get the first seed until week 17. Their week 16 game against uh, Tennessee was pretty much um, didn't count against the standings at all. But here we are. Packers pretty much have their division locked down unless Minnesota continues their success and the Packers drop three or four games here down the stretch with four of the six games being at Lambeau Field and one of those being against the Detroit Lions, you know. Uh, so I don't see that happening. Packers pretty much have NFC North locked up. I don't want to say it for sure, though, or else I'll end up on some Vikings montage of <laughs> them winning the division and all the Packers fans claiming victory. Yeah. Uh, right ahead of the Packers is the Arizona Cardinals, who the Packers have the half-game uh, tiebreaker over. So the Packers currently a half game behind Arizona. Uh, behind the Packers would be, uh, shoot, would it be um, Dallas in the third seed? 
Yes. Dallas or Tampa Bay. Doesn't really matter. Fifth seed, you have the LA Rams. And then sixth and seventh seed, I think it's going to be a dogfight because there's just so many random teams that could possibly make the playoffs at this point. And it's really just going to depend on who plays some good football here in December between a plethora of interesting teams that probably don't deserve to be in the playoffs because you have the right now it's in contention between the 49ers and the Vikings, but then you also have just like a game or two behind them, the Panthers, the Eagles. Um, I, I need to pull this up. There's maybe the, even the Giants. Who knows at this point? There's so much that could happen in the NFC wildcard stuff. Uh, the Saints as well. So who knows? Who knows what happens in the NFC wildcard? Uh, Matt Nagy. Let's talk about the Bears a little bit here. And Matt Nagy specifically now. Oh has been uh, – it looks like he's going to be fired. Unfortunate news. Pat, I, you know, I, if I was a Bears, I'd really recommend them to do some internal promotion and go with uh, Mike Pettin. I think he's a really good de- uh, young defensive mind man. Uh, comes from the Rex Ryan coaching tree. I think he could provide some great experience in there. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with him, but um, I just heard his name the other day. I was like, yeah, shoot, bro. I think the Bears need to hire him. And hopefully uh, Ryan Pace sticks around as well for Chicago. All right, Big B, you ready to talk some L.A. Ram football here? Always ready. Always ready to talk about the L.A. Rams? Well, I don't know about that. But this week, I'm always ready. Always ready, yes. Let's do it. Okay, so the L.A. Rams, they are currently being hurt by the loss of wide receiver Robert Woods, who tore his ACL, I believe, just a few weeks back. And uh, that really hurt the Rams in their Thursday night game against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so that, that was a problem for them. Set up some bad issues for Cooper Cup as well that week. Uh, we'll see how Odell Beckham Jr. starts to adjust, starts to build a relationship with Matthew Safford, a familiar fellow to the Green Bay Packers, familiar fellow to Lambeau Field as well. So be interesting to, to see Matthew in a new shade of blue and uh, gray. So Matthew Stafford, though, he's, he, uh, he started off his season really well, and he still is playing really well. Uh, but the Rams and him have kind of taken a little bit of a, a bumpy road these past few weeks. So we'll have to see uh, what they, how they try to bounce back this week in Green Bay. Um, but Matthew Stafford likes to throw up a few share picks, which is really not something that he did a lot in Detroit. But just so far this season, that's it's definitely been evident in his play. Also on the Rams offensive side of the ball, and then we'll move on to their pretty good defense, talented defense. Uh, their interior of their offensive line has been exposed recently. And Bigby, you know who likes to eat up? some deteriorated interior offensive line on the Green Bay Packers. Here, let me think. Big Dean Lowry. Dean Lowry. Oh, okay. I Wrong guy? That. Yeah, oh, I Dean Lowry, Dean it's Lowry. Dean Lowry, though. I mean, it's Dean Lowry. I don't care who you, what you said. I guess I'll, I'll only take a half point off there for you. Right. Correct answer is, though, Kenny Clark. Dude, in the first quarter, before the Vikings had any method to try to stop him, he was unstoppable. <laughs> it was fun to watch. So it was. 
A few weeks ago, Jeffrey Simmons for the Tennessee Titans had three sacks. Defense men for Titans. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons had three sacks on the Rams. So, and uh, four quarterback hits. So, that's the interior offense line. Definitely something to watch. To watch Kenny, Dean, TJ Slayton, who's been coming on. Oh, man. I cannot wait right there for that matchup. And then maybe Chris Barnes of Andre Campbell can get a few of their A-gap blitzes just come shooting through the middle. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Onto the defensive side of the ball for the L.A. Rams. Aaron Donald, still a problem, obviously. He was not at full strength when he had his temper tantrum against Elton Jenkins last year in the playoffs. Uh, But – now he is uh, back to 100%, obviously. And their post rush is still a problem. Uh, some other guys that they had last year have either gone away now or uh, just not having a year like they had last year, such as Leonard Floyd. But pass rush for L.A. is still going to be a problem. They currently have the seventh-ranked defense. But the biggest problem for L.A. at the moment right now is their cornerbacks not named Jalen Ramsey. And... We'll have to see how uh, Matt plans to kind of move his wide receivers along the line uh, against Jalen because Devontae Adams said in his press conference today that, uh, you know, he'd love to go in a, a duel with Jalen, uh, not an 1800 style where they have guns, but uh, he'd love to go one-on-one with Jalen for a majority of the game, but he knows that's not going to happen based on what happened in the playoffs last year and kind of game plan. So, Outside of Jalen, their cornerbacks in L.A. are not the best. So big opportunity here for uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Alan Lazard, if he's ready to go this week. So that should be exciting to watch as well. Any thoughts you want to add on the L.A. Rams, Big D? Um, sure, why not? Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the offensive side of the football and just say Matthew Stafford is definitely on a cold streak the past couple of weeks. He, yeah. he was the um, MVP pretty much the beginning of the season. You know how everybody likes to just throw it out there that Matthew Stafford's the MVP before the season even ends. Yep. But that's besides the point. Last two weeks did some nice little research. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Week. And Matthew Stafford, the last two games – has thrown four interceptions and have been sacked seven times. Oof. And Matthew Stafford didn't really throw that many interceptions earlier in the year and hasn't been sacked very much earlier in the year. I don't know if defenses have been figuring out that O-line is not as good as people think it is or what's happening, but not looking good on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the football – Another week, another tough front that the Packers offensive line is going to have to face. And they're gonna and Yash Nyman is gonna have to step it up because they're going up against the fourth ranked defensive in sacks. They're 29th sacks um this year. So another tough defensive front. Bears were who was it? Vikings. Bears were first when we faced them. Vikings were for Tied for first when we faced them last week. Now we're going up against the fourth-ranked defense. Total sacks, so not very good. Yeah. That beat-up offensive line that we have out there. Yep, that's just what I was about to say. Um, 
Rams or Vikings and Bears, I'm sure we had a, a better lineup than Yash Nyman, John Runyon, Lucas Patrick, Royce Newman, and Billy Turner. <laughs> oh, man. And the Elton's versatility is such a loss mm-hmm. with him out now out with the ACL because, uh, you know, Billy – yeah, it's, it's a loss. And then Billy Turner – moving over is pretty much ruled out i guess he could move over to left tackle and then you slide in dennis kelly at right tackle but the real problem is uh royce newman you know josh nyman is what he is and he's played better than royce newman uh in three games so we'll have to see if josh continues that success he had against the great front in san fran uh and some other teams he had on that stretch when elton was out early on in the season uh, all I had for the notes on the Packers this week was another big day for MVS, which we already talked about. So let's end it off, bold prediction, score prediction, and then we will head out on this Thanksgiving week. Big B, I'll start with you for a bold prediction. Oh, boy. Bold prediction. I am going to say Kenny Clark, two sacks, and a Packers win. Okay. Kenny two stacks. I think that's almost being uh, light with him. I'm going to go Preston Smith. It's going to hit three sacks, uh, three tackles for loss, and a batted down pass that Dean, Lowry, Dean Lowry recovers in a fumble. You heard it here first, folks. All right. All right. Score prediction for me, I'm going to say I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as it should be or as it what it was in uh, last year's divisional round match. So I will go with uh, a, a measly 24 to 21 Packers. Hmm. All right. I'm going to say 27, 24 Packers win. Hmm. Okay. But we both got to be in a close game. NFC West, NFC North, it's going to be a good one. Should be an exciting one, a very highly anticipated matchup here. Well, we appreciate you watching this episode of the Underage Packers podcast. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving week, uh, pigged out, and had some good food. We will talk to you later after the Packers have a good game, get their ninth win of the season against LA Rams. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. Talk to you later. Go Pack.